You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Welcome to my castle, your ugliness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So I am going to go ahead and call an audible here because I had a plan for a little project that I was going to work on and whatnot, but I'm not quite happy with the amount of work that is into it quite yet. I feel like if I did it now, I'd be winging it for the sake of winging it, and... Um, it's not even any fun for me, much less for any of you, to not have any real insight. Just kind of, uh, yeah, I think this, uh, da, 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 boring. So we'll plan on that tomorrow. I don't know why I'm being mysterious about it. I'm thinking about looking at um, the NFC North record by the end of the season. I did very early on kind of go through the Green Bay Packers and what I thought their record could be or their range or whatever. So I guess this would be an updated version of that. But you don't remember anyways. But again, we'll plan on that for tomorrow. So today we're going to do an audible and look at uh, some different questions. And of course, Jamal Adams, because that is on the forefront of everybody's mind right now. I know JJ did his uh, Packers update yesterday, and um, we decided to go with the clickbaity title of should the Packers trade for or sign Jamal Adams, one of the two. And there was a very loud reaction to that. So it would be wrong of me not to address that. But anyways, that's what we're going to start with, and we'll just kind of rumble on until I have to go to work. As always, if you are not in the Packernet Podcast Facebook group, please get in there. If you have not liked the Packernet Podcast Facebook page, please do that as well. Otherwise, if you want to help out the show, word of mouth is the best way to do that. you got Packers fans in your family, you got friends that are Packers fans, they don't know about the podcast. Just bring it up in polite, casual conversation. Or, if you want to be a little bit more forceful, just invite them to the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. I figure it'll probably be a few weeks before they realize this isn't just a Packers group. The name of the group is Packernet Podcast. There must be a podcast out there somewhere. Maybe I should check it out. You know, I don't know. I'm not a salesman. That's not what I do for a living. You figure it out. They're your friends. Why do I have to tell you how to how to force them to listen to my podcast? You figure it out. A blunt object? I don't know. Do they respond to that kind of uh, persuasion? Just Just throwing out ideas. I don't know. It's not my grandma, it's your grandma. Speaking of, got to figure out how to get my grandma to listen to my podcast. (laughs) Oh, anyways, let's take this maybe break right now and uh, we'll be right back. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from arenaclub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. 
So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So let's start with Jamal Adams. Um, as usual, I start with PFF, and I think it's safe to say, in the last two years, whatever the margin of error is via PFF and their grades, if anybody said he's the best safety in football, it's not worth arguing about. In fact, if you were to say he's the best safety over the last two years, I don't know that there really is much of an argument. In 2018, Tracy Walker, Earl Thomas, and Eddie Jackson were the only three safeties higher than Jamal Adams. In fact, he was tied with Tracy Walker for third, so Earl Thomas and Eddie Jackson were the only two higher. In 2019, he was again ranked fourth, or the fourth one down on the list, but this time it was Justin Simmons, Anthony Harrison, Harrison Smith above him. So again, you take the last two years into account, he is the most steady, solid, elite safety prospect over the last two years. So usually... When something like this pops up, you get a guy who's maybe top 10, but usually like a top 20 prospect who maybe had one really good year where they were top three, top four. But for the most part, they're overhyped. It's a big name. And because they're a big name in free agency, everybody pretends it's the best player at the position. Landon Collins, for example, comes to mind, who this past year was ranked 40th, which is pretty standard for Landon Collins. That's not the case, however, with Jamal Adams. The guy is absolutely incredible. Now, with that said, there's two questions. Should we and will we? Actually, there's three. Should the Packers do it? Will the Packers do it? Third, I guess, is is Jamal Adams interested? Now, number three is probably the easiest to answer. He made it easy for us. Now, well, let's, let's do this. He listed seven teams. He said he wants out of the the New York Jets. In fact, he's already said goodbye to the team. He's done. He's not coming back. So the team now is working diligently to get as much compensation as they can. But similar to Le'Veon Bell, the Jets have to be careful because if Le'Veon Bell, or if Jamal Adams does what Le'Veon Bell does, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers work out a trade, I think it was what, with the Buffalo Bills? And Le'Veon's like, nope, not playing there. Sorry. Place is dumb and boring, and I don't care about a waterfall. I'm not going there. And so he basically just torpedoed the entire trade. Buffalo then had to save face and say, oh, yeah, we don't like him. He's he's a bum. We never wanted him to come here. We don't like him. His face is gross. And they pretended to back out, even though it was just, it was done from the outset. And then Steelers were just, (laughs) I feel so bad for the Steelers. Just getting it from both ends, from Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. What a mess. But anyways, his teams of interest are the Baltimore Ravens, the Dallas Cowboys, the Houston Texans, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Philadelphia Eagles, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Seattle Seahawks. Now, here's the thing. I don't know that it's impossible for the Packers to make a run at them. It sounds to me, for the most part, although some are missing inexplicably, and I don't exactly know the reason why, but it sounds to me like he's listing teams that are really good teams that are playoff contenders or Super Bowl contenders, I should say. They're not playoff contenders. They're almost playoff locks with the exception of the Philadelphia Eagles. The only reason I can think that they're listing these teams and leaving off other teams would have to do with places that he would like to live. Um, Green Bay is left off the list. New Orleans is left off the list, which I, I don't know why you wouldn't like New Orleans compared to these other cities, but what are, and why would you like Kansas City? So I don't, eh, I don't know. I, I, 
Adam Schefter mentioned that he thinks that this might be him just signaling to some teams. And if you really look at these teams, the Cowboys have, I mean, they did get haha, but they've been desperate for a safety for a long time. Uh, the Chiefs, as I've been saying, the defense is a joke. The Eagles' defensive backs are horrific. The 49ers could use safety help. The Seahawks had the former Legion of Boom that is no more. Um, the Ravens, I, I, they still have Earl Thomas. Can you imagine Earl Thomas and uh, Jamal Adams as on the same team? Oh my goodness. But the point is, I do think he could be courted. I don't think this is necessarily, I think this was coordinated with his agent. These are teams that are probably out looking. Maybe his agent has even found a list of teams that have been calling around, possibly even have called his agent. But if the Packers were to jump in as a team that was one game away from the Super Bowl and say, look, we want him. Would he turn it down? I don't think so. Now, granted, there's probably going to be a big competition, and if it comes down to the Packers or, 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 let's say the Packers and the Cowboys and the Seahawks come and offer basically the same amount, he'll probably pick to go somewhere else. But that kind of leads us to the next question. Let's say he is willing and the Packers are willing to pay. Would the Packers do it? Does it make any sense, considering we have Darnell Savage, and Adrian Amos already on on the team. Um, yeah. <laughs> First of all, when you get a guy like Jamal Adams, you don't really ever say no. Get out of my face. Now, I understand that sounds ridiculous because there's cost and everything else, but leaving cost out of it, nobody ever says, nah, I'm good, we don't need Jamal Adams. Nobody says that. You're not good because you don't have Jamal Adams. And even if you do, like let's say you got Earl Thomas and you still think he can play, the Baltimore Ravens still, if they can, should take Jamal Adams. The question is, where would he play? Well, let's take a look at this, for example. The biggest weakness, I would say, on the entire team is going to be linebacker. I know nobody wants to hear that. Christian Kirks, he's great when he's healthy, which is the biggest lie ever. But even if he is, okay, we got one, and then what? And nobody, right? And if we want to play with two linebackers, typically what do we do? We play one linebacker and a safety. So what the Packers would essentially have is you would have two safeties deep and one in the box. Well, who would play in the box currently? Adrian Amos is capable because he's a little bit of a bigger body kind of guy. He's a great solid tackler. But primarily, if you look at his snap counts, the majority of the time when he played, it was at free safety, 492 of his 1,200 snaps. If you look at Darnell Savage, the vast majority... Amos was pretty close as far as how much in the box and how much as a safety, but the vast majority was at free safety. 485 of his 1,095. If we look at Jamal Adams, Jamal Adams is a strong safety. He played every single game he was listed as a strong safety. If you look at Amos and Savage, the PFF designation, which is more or less where did you play most of the time, Adrian Amos was about 50-50 free safety, strong safety. Darnell Savage was... um mostly free safety, a couple strong safety mixed in. Again, Jamal Adams, strong safety all day. If you look at his snap counts, um, 400 of his 997 snaps were in the box. Vast majority of his snaps came basically lined up as a linebacker. So where would Jamal Adams play? He would be our, you know, hybrid now, that doesn't mean we play him less. Jamal Adams doesn't come off the field. Maybe he would on occasion, but this would be the rotation with Jamal being basically the number one guy. Meaning, if you're not using a safety as a linebacker, he plays free safety. And then Amos or Savage would come off most of the time, and occasionally it would be maybe Amos and Savage give Jamal a break. But then, as time goes on, keep in mind, Jamal Adams is 24 years old. Adrian Amos, by the way, 
love Adrian, great guy, but as of next year, he's 28 years old and he counts $10 million against the salary cap. Now, if the Packers can afford it, which is the big question, which is where we're headed after this, you just roll with it because he's 9.6 right now anyways, why not? And then if you can't, you don't. Especially with $5 million in dead cap, it might not make that much sense because you're only saving about $4.5 million, whereas keeping him would be fantastic. And then in 2022, when he's 29 years old, maybe, because you're, you know, $2.7 million dead. But either way, the point is, Darnell Savage and um, Jamal Adams are your safeties for the next five, six years. With the trio of Jamal Adams, maybe the best safety in all of football, and you know I don't throw that around very much. I'm usually the guy that comes on here and goes, no, he's not. I know everyone's telling you that. He's not that good. Relax. No, I'm saying it. Probably the best safety in football. If you want to argue that, that's fine. You can pick one or two others, depending on who they are. I'm not really going to fight you on it. But if you told me to pick the best safety in football, who I think is going to be the best safety, the safest bet, even though he's never been number one, the safety bet is Jamal. Safest best bet is Jamal Adams. Who, who else are you going to pick? I mean, you could pick the guy who was number one last year if you want, but look at what happened with the guy two years ago. That was the Bears' safety. He went from first to 69th. You want to bet on him? I'm telling you, Jamal is legit, man. Two years running. So, listen, I'm uh, I'm usually the guy that says no to everything, and I don't know how possible it could it could be. And I know we freed up a bunch of money, and that was probably so we can get an extension done. But you look at some of these other teams, the Dallas Cowboys have $10.5 million. The Baltimore Ravens have $7 million. The Kansas City Chiefs, who are on that list, have $3.5 million. The Packers have $13.5 million right now. Seattle has 13.7. And there's all this talk about Seattle possibly bringing Jadavian Clowney back. Seattle being on the list for Jamal Adams. Houston only has 19. I mean, none of these teams are flush with cash because they're teams that win. And, and again, it comes back to that conversation we've had in the past, right? At what point do you put your foot on the gas and say, you know what, this is the year. This is the year we're going all in, right? That's what we've always talked about. And I understand there's a point at which you're being reckless, but I don't know if Jamal Adams is ever reckless. It's a question simply of, can we afford him? If so, why would you not? These kinds of guys rarely come along, right? I'm, I'm very opposed to just throwing our money around for the sake of throwing our money. Why can I not say that? Throwing our money around. That's how we're saying it today. I'm very opposed to it. I don't like it because most of the time we're adding guys that are overrated. Right, going all in with Muhammad Wilkerson. I mean, come on, man. He was good back in his day, but come on. We've thrown. I mean, look at all. Look at how much money we threw at at uh, Jimmy Graham. Ten million dollars for Jimmy Graham. Th- there was no prospect, even if he was going to be at his best. And and uh, not. I mean, even if he gave us what he gave us in Seattle, it's not worth nearly as much as Jamal Adams gives us at 24 years old. The more I I came into this wanting to just quickly say no. And I'm, look where we're at right now. I, I just, I don't know, man. The other thing I love about Jamal is how well-rounded he is. If you look at Justin Simmons, who was number one, I mean, he was solid against the run and coverage and whatnot, but Jamal didn't have a bad grade in any category. Justin Simmons had a terrible grade as a pass rusher. Anthony Harris, who was number two, had an average run defense grade and an average pass rush grade. If you look at Harrison Smith, who was one spot ahead of him, uh, 63 overall run defense grade, 60 tackling grade, 64 pass rush grade. Basically, he was just great in coverage, which is fine if that's all you are. Jamal Adams was elite in coverage. He was elite as a pass rusher. He was elite as a tackler and had a 78.3 run defense grade, which is just on the verge of being very good. This, this is the, I mean, just, if we look at this group, 
If you look at pressures, I'm just going to read off in a list the total pressures for a guy for a uh, safety. You tell me if you can guess where Jamal Adams lands. And I'm going to go, so it's not too obvious. I'm going to start down and work my way up to Justin Simmons, who's number one. Ready? Two, three, zero, four, zero, one, three, zero, one, five, zero, one, two, one, twenty-five, six, three, zero. Any guess where Jamal Adams was on that list? Let me do sacks now from the exact same spot. Zero, 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 seven, zero, zero, zero. Where was Jamal Adams on that list, you suppose? If you're looking at a guy that's also going to bring pressures, and I'll just order it by pressures. Jamal Adams was number one in the NFL in pressures. Number one in the NFL in sacks. Number one in the NFL in hits. Number one in the NFL in hurries. He had 25 total pressures. The next highest was Malcolm Jenkins in Philadelphia was 16. 16 compared to 25. The guy's a phenomenal tackler. If you, if you just, I'm just leaving it looking at pressures, but I'm scrolling over to missed tackles. Jamal Adams had four. Malcolm Jenkins had nine. Earl, Earl Thomas had nine. Uh, Jordan Whitehead had 12. Uh, Chuck Clark in Baltimore, pretty good pass rusher apparently. I don't know who he is. Had eight. Buda Baker had 12. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson had seven. Very few missed tackles. If you look at stops, which are um, you know tackles that are a negative play for the offense, Number one, Buda Baker. Number two, Landon Collins. Number three, Eric Reed. Number four, Jamal Adams. Forced fumbles. He had two. Only three players had more than two. Jordan Poyer, Jabril Preppers, and Malcolm Jenkins. Wasn't as impactful as far as, you know, getting picks and whatnot. He had one interception, four pass breakups. But again, he plays usually close to the line of scrimmage, but he also doesn't give up very much. 33 targets, 20 receptions for 150 yards and two touchdowns on the entire season. 79.1 overall PFF grade, or excuse me, um, NFL passer rating when targeted. 79.1. And remember, this is the guy that's going to be covering tight ends. Somewhat important, maybe not so much in the NFC North, but good luck, Jimmy Graham. Good luck, uh, I don't know, Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith, whoever. Maybe TJ Hawkinson, fine. We are a little bit worried about TJ Hawkinson because we got to worry about the Lions offense in general but think about the additional pass rush that brings the number one pass rushing safety who's playing close to the line of scrimmage with Zadarius with Preston with Rashawn with Kenny Clark by the way this guy's a jet I know he's never played with uh, Mike Pettin but there's just that that commonality this is this is Mike Pettin's core that that New York Jets style of defense Locking down tight ends, bringing additional pass. Thinking of an additional seven sacks on the season, and imagine you got a guy like him and Darnell Savage both kind of roaming close to the line of scrimmage with Darnell Savage's speed. Darnell coming off the edge, Jamal dropping, or vice versa. There's ju- there's just an unlimited amount of stuff you can do with that. And the thing is, I know you know all rational Packer fans, and I'm sorry if you're hearing a buzzing in the bit. It's just stupid. I don't even know what it is. It's one of those things that runs early in the morning because hey, nobody's up this early anyways dummy. It's not hissing. There's nothing wrong with the audio. It's it's a physical piece of household equipment. <sighs> Probably don't even need it. I'll just rip it out. Landlords won't mind. But anyways, again, we, we always, as rational Packer fans, which I think most of the people listening to this are, we tend to lean toward no. We look at it and say, we only have 13 million. He probably wants like 15, 16, 17 million. We obviously can't afford him. We got a bunch of extensions coming up, blah, 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 blah. But you know what's going to happen. We're going to say the Packers shouldn't sign him. 
We're going to let the guy go, and it's going to be somebody like the Dallas Cowboys with less money or the Baltimore Ravens and the New Orleans Saints with less money, and they're going to go on, and the New Orleans Saints are going to get him, let's just say. And that, that would be the ultimate kicker because the Saints weren't on the list. The Saints have less money. The Saints were also not on the list. The Saints already have a better team. Just looking at their roster, I would say they're objectively slightly better than the Packers. And yet they go out to just double, triple, quadruple down, right? They got Emmanuel Sanders to add to this list of wide receivers, to add to their offensive assault, and then they go out and get a Jamal Adams, and it's like, why couldn't we have done that? The answer is, we can do that. We can make it work. Will we? Probably not. I think the Packers are going to look at it and say it's not worth the money. We've got Jamal, we've got Adrian, we're fine with it. I'm sure the Packers are at least calling, because that's basically standard operating procedure with the Packers. They're calling on everybody, they're doing their due diligence. And at the end of the day, he will go somewhere else. Um, I'm saying that if, if I'm the GM of the Green Bay Packers, I'm going to explore this um, fervently. The, the biggest and craziest thing about this is, and it's kind of messed up that this would even be in play, and I feel like the NFL needs to do something about this, but we don't know what the salary cap's going to be. There, there was talk prior to COVID that there's going to be a massive jump in the salary cap. If that was the case, boom, sign them, done. Because there's going to be a massive infusion of cash and more money to be able to play with, and you can re-sign and extend your guys and let other people go, etc., etc. Jamal Adams is worth it, right? I'm not going to sign Jamal Adams and let Kenny walk, but would I let Lindsley walk for Jamal? Yeah, I think so. Bakhtiari is a separate conversation, whatever. However, we don't know if there's going to be a massive increase. In fact, if we sign Jamal Adams and for whatever reason... Things get out of control with COVID-19 and we just can't have a season because, you know, spikes all across the country. We got to lock back down. Now we're talking about a, a salary cap decrease. Now what do we do? The only way we survive that is to try to put a hold on paying the players and that's not going to fly. The players aren't going to put up with that. The players union isn't going to put up with that. And now the Packers are in a position where we got to start cutting guys because we, we can't afford it with less money. We did this based on assuming there's going to be more money. So for that reason, there might be a chance that Jamal just sits out there for a while. Unless the team's willing to just man up and and say, you know, either we have enough. I mean, here's the other thing. What in the world are teams like the Colts doing? The Indianapolis Colts are, I've said, one of the most underrated teams in football. Incredibly talented. Right now, the Colts have uh, $23.3 million in cap space, but that's not the interesting part. They have over $100 million in cap space next year. Now, maybe they just got a ton of people to re-sign, but who? You got $100 million worth of people to re-sign next year? I don't know. Look, the bottom line is there's only two teams with over $30 million, and that's the Cleveland Browns and the Washington Redskins, and nobody wants to go to play there. The Detroit Lions, nobody wants to play there, they have 28. Miami, nobody wants to play there, they have 28. The Bengals, nobody wants to play there, they have 24. The most amount of money a team has, in which maybe you'd want to go there, is the Indianapolis Colts, and they have $23 million. So nobody is so flush with cash that it's ridiculous the Packers would even be on the list. Again, they've got $13.5 million. Again, we'd have to look at it. Uh, We'd have to do a more in-depth look, and maybe this will be something for tomorrow. I know I said I have a different plan, but now I'm interested in this. The Packers, as of right now, have $30.6 million in cap space in 2021. Of players that are free agents, you got David Bakhtiari, you've got Kenny Clark. Those two have to be re-signed. Well, don't have to. Right? There's questions about Bakhtiari. But Kenny Clark has to be re-signed. Kevin King is a question mark. Corey Lindsley, I've already said there's, I mean, he's 30 years old. I just don't see it. 
Lane Taylor, I don't see it. Devin Funchess is completely unnecessary. Montrevious is gone. Chandon, I mean, that's not worth... I mean, nobody. there's, there's not that much to worry about here. There's Aaron Jones, who we've already said probably is going to go. Let me tell you let me tell you a little secret. With $30 million, you can pay Kenny, David Bakhtiari, and Jamal Adams. And if there's some speculation about letting Bakhtiari walk, there's zero reason you should be waiting because the fan base is going to crucify you for that. So you better do something to uh, to make it right. I don't know. I, I just I don't see this as a catastrophe. Again, if we look at this simply from the standpoint of what are they going to want on average and pretend that they're going to get their average in year one of their contract, possibly year two if we extend them this year, then it's like, okay, David Bakhtiari wants 19 or 18 or whatever million dollars a year. So that's $18 million off the top. No, it's not, because you don't pay him all that right off the bat. Kenny Clark wants 20 Okay, well, he's not getting 20 not right off the bat. I mean, he's going to get a massive signing bonus. He's going to get way more than 20 when he signs. But as far as dead cap, he's not getting any of that. We don't have to worry about that, or, or a cap hit, I mean. The other thing is, the guy currently has a contract. If it was a really big deal, and if you didn't think Jamal would riot, which he probably would, He's going to want to come over and get a contract extension day one. But he's under contract for 2020. $7 million. He's under contract in 2021 if you use, if you exercise his fifth-year option at $9.8 million. I'm just saying. But anyways, the, the final point on this, and it's the biggest reason why, even though I think even just from a cost perspective, the Packers wouldn't do it. And I know Goody is more aggressive, but I think the if we look at the way this year is playing out, the bottom line is we've got a little bit of money to play with. We've... Freed up a little bit more money to try to extend the guys we have. We're not going out and getting Jamal Adams. But the final nail in the coffin as to why I think they won't is the fact that we have to trade for him. Jamal Adams is going to command, I would assume, at least a first-round pick. Now, I'm always very against giving up a first-round pick for a guy like Jamal Adams. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is, you know, the the Steelers, for example, gave up a first-round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka Fitzpatrick is not as good as Jamal Adams, and when all the dust is settled, I don't think anybody's looking at this and looking at that first-round draft class saying, ha-ha, you losers, you're stuck with Minka, and you could have had this person. Right Before the draft, you look at it and you say, man, you just you don't want to give up a first because of the, the possibilities. But then you look at the draft class and you think, I don't know. I mean, if we look at it, Pittsburgh gave up, uh, pick 18, the Dolphins took Austin Jackson in that spot. After that was Damon Arnett. After that was Clavon Chason and then Jalen Rager. I mean, some of those guys might be good, but do we think that they're going to be upset about it when all the dust clears? And, and granted, if the Packers make it to the playoffs and get laid into the playoffs without Jamal Adams, there's probably going to be some wide receiver that's going to be sitting there that we want, but we know what's going to happen. They're not going to take a wide receiver. They're not even going to take the guys we want. Think about how disappointed you were with this last draft class. Quarterback that's going to sit, a running back, a tight end that you didn't want, gave away the fourth, picked one of the worst linebackers um, of the entire class in the fifth round. I mean, it still remains to be seen. Maybe he's going to be great. But there was a lot of disappointment from everybody. I don't usually like the argument of, well, you can't get a guy as good as Jamal here anyways, but... Again, he's only 24 years old. Some of the guys in the draft are 23, 24-ish anyways. So the question is, is it worth the extra? He's a very expensive first-round pick. But I, I don't know, man. I just don't know that I care. And, and look, I, I, they're not going to do it. I'm 99% sure that the Green Bay Packers are not interested in this. 
I'm just saying I think they should be. I'm saying I think the Packers are close. You've got the quarterback. You've got the offensive assault, as much as people want to complain about the wide receivers. I think they have one of the best wide receivers in football, a clear number one. I think our number twos with Lazard and Funches are as good as just about any number twos in the NFL. No, they're not elite players, but almost nobody has better number twos than the Packers. You've got the running back in Aaron Jones. You've got a good offensive line. You've got two potential prospects at tight end. You've got A.J. Dillon that provides another dynamic. You've got one of the best pass rushes in football. You've got young, talented corners. You've got two decent safeties. It's just, it's one of those things that the question is, what's going to put you over the top? And when you when you look at it on a game-to-game basis, I mean, would Jamal Adams have helped us beat the 49ers? Probably not, but at the same time, what are teams like the 49ers going to do to annihilate the Green Bay Packers? What are the teams like the Chiefs going to do to beat the Green Bay Packers? Well, those two teams in particular, the tight ends, are going to be massively important. That's why Jamal Adams is around. So I don't know that it helps us overcome their defense, but even even Baltimore, they don't have very good wide receivers. What do they have? Good tight ends. You add in extra pressure from Jamal Adams. You add in taking away the tight end. It just you're you're helping out your DBs and your pass coverage in general. I I, I legitimately believe Jamal Adams, adding him to the team is going to give us more wins. Bottom line, and I think it massively increases our chances of winning. I mean, you think about the Saints. Who do you think is going to be covering Alvin Kamara out of the backfield? Who's the one that's going to have to close on him if they're going to throw to him in the flat? It's Jamal. He's going to come flying out of there like he's shot out of a cannon and smoking the guy. If we don't have him, who is it? It's Christian Kirksey. Do I have to read you his stats again? They're not good. So the bottom line is, again, I don't think they're going to do it. And unfortunately, we're just about out of time. So I guess this is all we're talking about today. Sorry for, <laughs> I said we were going to look at questions and whatnot, but I guess we won't get there. But if, if you told me that we could make it work financially, and again, I, I honestly don't think they can give me an answer because I don't think they know. You got the NFL basically telling them, look, there might be a massive increase or there might be a massive decrease in salary cap for next year. How are you supposed to plan for that? You can't. So the Packers being a team that's very safe, they're going to look at this and say there's no way. I mean, if there's a decrease, we might have to cut players that we don't want to anyways. If we sign Jamal, we're going to have to cut two guys that we don't want to now. So now we got to get rid of King and Lindsley, and Bakhtiari, right? On the other hand, if there is a season and there is an increase, then we get to keep everybody. But if you told me that you could make it work, and you told me it would cost a first-round pick, and that's it, I think I'm going to do it. Again, he's 24 years old. I'm going to lock him up for four years, five years, whatever the contract is going to be, get him to 28, 29 years old, make him a very rich man, and I'm going to go into this saying, we're, we're going all in, man. Don't forget, I'm that guy. I'm the all-in guy. I'm the guy that's going to get us a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers has a couple years left. We're right there. We're on the verge. You're worried about giving Aaron Rodgers weapons. We got Aaron Rodgers weapons, okay? I got him Funches. We got A.J. Dillon. We got DeGuara. And now we got a top five defense. So you're welcome. And by the way, Jamal Adams becomes our, our number one slot guy. If we decide to put him in the slot as far as safety goes, safeties go, number one slot guy. Unless you want to count Will Redmond. <laughs> As far as the statistics go, 15.6 snaps per reception for Jamal Adams. Darnell Savage was the next, was our number one at 13.7. But anyways, those are my thoughts. Again, I, I, I'm sorry if I got your hopes up and got you excited about it. My intention was to come on here and say, come on, you guys know we're not going to get them, which is true. But every once in a while, I just, I look at stuff and I say, you know what, I want them. I said the same thing uh, earlier, or last year or whenever about uh, Marcus Peters. And he wasn't as good as Jamal. 
I said it about Brashad Perriman. Every once in a while, as when I look at stuff, I come into it saying, come on, you know we're not going to do it. But the more I look at it and say, you know what, th- this is the kind of all, you need an all-in move once in a while. This is absolutely one of them. Going all-in for the sake of going all-in on just anybody is dumb. And, you know, usually I shoot all these things down because I just, I'm, every time somebody becomes available, it's like, oh, we got to do it, we got to do it, we got to do it. And this time Packer fans wouldn't even say yes to it. So I'm like, well, this is really dumb because I can't even find one Packer fan that wants to do it. Well, you found one. <laughs> and it's the guy that always says no. Again, it's probably not even reasonable. But keep in mind, the team that gets him is probably going to have less cap money than we do. Most of the teams on that list that he listed have less money than we do. And they're going to move money around and they're going to make it work because they're going all in. And when the New Orleans Saints get them, they're going to give up that first. They're going to give up the money. And there's not a person on this planet that's going to look at it and say, well, that was irresponsible. Nobody's going to do that. They're all going to look and suddenly everybody who's a Packers fan who says, that's dumb. We don't need to do it. It's too much money. is going to say, why couldn't we have done that? So just be prepared for that. Maybe that won't happen, but it's very possible that a team is going to, uh, to make a move that has less money than us. So anyways, um, I guess I'll leave it at that. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Tuesday. You know what I think for fun? I've been thinking about this, and I know JJ brought it up as an option, and I've done it in the past a couple times. Just usually don't have a ton of time. I'm gonna have us. I'm gonna have some different music take us out today. And since the theme of of the intros has been stuff that I'm interested in and things that I like, and especially some nostalgia lately, we're gonna throw it back to my first ever favorite band back when I was probably three, four, five years old. And we're gonna let Yes carry us out of here. But with that, you folks have yourselves a fantastic day, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.